Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, now we covered some ground today. Pardon me, we talked about the potential beefy strike. That's off. That's the good news. So oh, we'll start with goodness. some good news today. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, what we might do with them uh, beyond the Tower of London because they are, they're just, they're, they're underworked, aren't they? The they beef are. eaters. They need more gigs. That's true. And talking of beef and eating beef. Oh, aye, aye. Aye. We... Uh, yeah, we spoke about, uh, we returned to the subject of gold leaf over steaks and told the story of the Turkish butcher hmm. that's made a fortune from getting footballers to pay a grand for a steak. <laughs> Um, also, um, we talked golf because uh, Podrick Harrington was named the Ryder Cup captain. Mm. And uh, Tim Southwell from GolfPunkHQ.com uh, joined us. And uh, he'd spent a bit of time with Podrick, hadn't he? At his yeah, house. At his house. So and, uh, gave a us a bit of, bit of an insight. A bit of insight, yes. Yeah. So here it all is. <laughs> Interesting game last night. Certainly not for the first half hour. The worst game I've seen this season. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool. Dark. I mean, oh, when you that that face. I mean, <laughs> Alan Shearer would have made a, a very very good headmaster <laughs> of a school. When he does that thing, he does. He puts yeah. that very serious. He's very upset. Puts that very serious face on, doesn't he? And he's just. Mm. You can see the disappointment, and you think, I know I've disappointed you, headmaster. <laughs> you have disappointed me. And he has that look. Well, he does, doesn't but he? It, it was. I mean, disapproving. You know, it was a live game on BBC One. You you want it to be good. Second half was a bit better, but yeah. uh, I just wondered sometimes if the, the, the players are aware. If you're playing in a game like that, you're aware that it's boring. I suppose. You, <laughs> I don't know. You know, you're probably too busy running about. Although Shakiri wasn't running about. At one point, he said uh, uh, Shakiri hadn't really got into the game. I thought, blimey, must be. I didn't even realise he was playing. But he did once uh, the others came on. From maybe uh, we should all have little uh, little things. That, you know, like having the audience of who wants to be a millionaire, so you can press the button and see how interested you are at any point of the game so the players can look at that and pull their finger out a little that's, bit that's true yeah and but i was thinking i mean a lot of people have said well clock won't be that unhappy to go out and all that stuff and that's certainly a point mm. but, um, but i think what people haven't talked about is the thing that like this week for example if you have a cup run like city and spurs their main rivals are, are playing have to play two extra games yeah and then down the stretch say spurs and city go f- far in the cup mm-hmm. and have cup semi-finals things like that those cup games end up being played on league Saturdays or league weekends. Yeah. And so if Liverpool win, they'll have points on the board. Sure. And City and Spurs will have games in hand, but you'd much rather have points on the board. And sometimes you go into a game with a game in hand, now you've just got to win it just to keep that gap yeah. the same. It's, it's difficult. So- Fantastic call with the sports buyer. After the game, uh, took the dog for a walk, listening to uh, Jason and, uh, sorry, to Andy and to uh, Darren Lewis. And this bloke phoned up because he said, Andy said, you know, have mm. we got any upset Liverpool fans? Should they treat the cup more seriously? And this bloke phoned up. He said, I'm 70 now. He said, uh, I'm a Liverpool fan. I've been a Liverpool fan for years. He said, but I live in uh, Shrewsbury now. I had Liverpool won tonight. They could have played Shrewsbury if they beat Stoke <laughs> in the replay. I'm absolutely gutted. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not they're really there for you. <laughs> no, you know, like another bloke travel. Through, said, my, my boy uh, thought that Liverpool were going to do it this year and he made a foil cup, foil oh, FA a... cup out of foil, and now he's crying. You think, well, right, you know, it's, it's football, isn't it? You've got no guarantees. It's a shame, isn't it? But what are you going to do? I mean, that's, that's a good school project. Take that and he may get a mark for it. <laughs> you remember last week I was telling you about uh, special Qatar 2022 special envoy in the birthday spread, Terence Pepper. I think mm. he's made salt and pepper. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wolves have got a play. He's also a special envoy. Rub- Ruben Vinegra. <laughs> Is that his name? Yeah. Salt and Vinegra. Yeah, they kept them together. <laughs> of course they did. Um, <laughs> also, be... talking of fans doing daft things, apart from Mr. Shrewsbury last night, mm. um, one punter um, tagged uh, Mitrovic into a um, tweet. Right? Oh, I saw that, yeah. Saying, you lost me 855 quid when you missed that penalty. Honestly, like, that's what he was thinking of. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he's probably walked away. He's come onto the pitch. He's missed that penny. God, blimey, that fella. 855 pound accumulator. I'm gutted for him. He gave him a thumbs up. That's good. Which is probably not what he was looking for. Maybe he was looking for a check for 855 quid. Can I just say I'd like Nabby to cater my birthday dinner? Is that what you... Yeah. And Hoover, he's definitely, when he when he comes on, he's got to be Roy Orbison announcing his entry to the pitch. Has he really? Why is that? It's Hoover. It's Hoover. It's, uh, yeah. It will be Mark Lawrenson. I mean, and that's the trouble. If Mark Lawrenson was doing the co-coms, he'd say, who's the player coming on? It's Hoover. Well, no, it's about 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said it's Herver. Exactly. It'd be like who's on first, wouldn't Honestly, it? Honestly, Sturridge's face when he got taken off last night, you think, blimey, mate, you can't complain. At least Origi <laughs> ran about and got a goal. Yeah. That was a str- I thought to myself, you're definitely going out on loan this month. It, that was a very strange performance from him. He, he hardly moved, and he's a, he's a good player. I don't hmm. know, you know, when he came on, he seemed to be at the start of the season, he seemed to be quite happy in that subs role. And he came on and got that great goal against Chelsea, and he seemed to be happy doing that, but obviously he's... he's What's the play regular? They all do. So. We had an odd thing last night. It wasn't a particularly exciting FA Cup draw, but the last four balls that made was, it. That made it exciting. very exciting. The last four balls: Arsenal, Manchester United, Palace, and Tottenham. I'm thinking, oh, not you again. got lucky there. Not not uh, <laughs> not Arsenal again after the League Cup, but um, but no, it, it panned out. Well, I mean, Palace away is not going to be easy. Uh, Palace beats in a couple of couple of years ago at our place. No, no, Martin course, Kelly scoring, yeah. but they'll make changes. They'll they'll rest players, and uh, I think it's five six games in a row now. Tottenham have been away in uh, in the FA Cup, so I see you've got a, a tough battle between the winners. Of you do Sheffield. get a home game if you get to the final. Though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we do. Yeah, um, <laughs> that did us a lot of good in the semi final last year against United. Sheffield Wednesday versus Luton or Luton versus mm. Chelsea. Andy, that was a good one for you. Yeah, it was a bit ho hum. You open Barnet. Mm. I mean, look, Barnet. Uh, Middlesbrough, Newport, not a bad game. Barnet, Brentford, okay, but you know Barnet, Brentford could be good. Yeah, yeah but they're exciting. not. You know, no, it's not. Doesn't Manchester get the United. pulse racing, no, does it? They're not really. No. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Our old, uh, mate Andy Smart alerts us today to a fictional map of Great Britain that these guys mm. on the Londonist website put together last month. I, I wasn't even aware of it. It's good fun though. It's all the kind of places. You'd expect to see on a sort of it's you know great works of fiction places that don't really exist you know where is Hogwarts where Sir Emmerdale where would you find I think we know where you'd roughly find Broadchurch um, exactly do you know where you know, Trumpton is or uh, where Postman Pat lives so the idea was really to uh, just come up with a, a kind of map of the country and mm. try and pinpoint where people think they actually are and there's a few sporting ones in there as well as you can imagine because there's a good few. Um, sporting uh, fictional places, isn't it? I mean, we were saying Barnston Worth, going back to Michael Palin. Fulchester. 
Melchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forchester is uh, that's on the map already. But we thought we Melchester got... is the Roy of the Rovers. Yeah, Roy of the Rovers. That's mm. right. Yeah. Um, so Warbury. Warbury. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we thought we would put you to work. Really, if, if you've any other fictional places from the world of sport, whether in literature or TV, whatever, and uh, try and place it on the map. Tell us what you've always thought it might be, uh, and we'll see how close you are for real on this, or even add it to the map because they are looking for. Uh, sort of ongoing contributions. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TS H&J. Kings Markham, is it? Oh, that'll be on there. Of course it will yeah. be. Yeah, all those sort of places where there's a very high murder rate. <laughs> very high. Higher murder. than Baltimore, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's let's turn now to uh, golf and uh, news that Brian uh, Harrington is the Ryder Cup captain for Whistling Straits in 2020. Uh, this is what he had to say at Wentworth about half an hour ago. It's not something I went into lightly. Uh, you know, I suppose you could look at this as being a natural progression. You move on from player to vice-captain to captain, but it's not something that I take on without a certain amount of trepidation. I, uh, I really want to be a help. It's, 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 I want to hopefully lead the Ryder Cup and the European Tour in a better place after two years. Interesting. Uh, Tim Southwell joins us now from uh, golfpunkhq.com, uh, top golf website. Good afternoon, Tim. Good afternoon, lads. Not a massive surprise, this, because as Parag said, you know, he's, he's gone through the process. He's been a vice captain on a number of occasions, so not altogether unexpected, but you think a popular choice? Yeah, I think so. He's been lurking for a while, hasn't he now? Three vice captains, and, um, you know, he's won three major championships. I guess he's probably the most. Um, sort of tintery kind of slightly mad out of all the potential contenders because he is a bit bonkers Padre uh, we, we went around his house once um, we were very fortunate to be invited around there and his entire house is like some sort of crazy shrine to his career right. <laughs> I'm mad you go into the kitchen and he's got the Wanamaker trophies at the end of the kitchen table and the open claret jug um, so he, but he just says well why not enjoy them every day and I think you know he's, um, he's certainly not shy on confidence and, and and digging himself up so i'm sure i think it, i think it's a good choice um i can't see how they could have ignored him he's won three majors of course it's, it strikes me though it's easier to captain europe than it is the u.s there's a team template set there's you know the team generally has been successful and and, and it seems you know america will, certainly were in disarray and last time and a lot of disagreements whereas um, the, the europeans seem very together yeah, I think, and I think it's actually slightly odd because that has become the case, isn't it, mm. over the years? But, I mean, all the Americans um, go through college golf playing in team events before they turn pro. So you'd have thought they would have kind of got their head around playing team events. But I guess the general nature of the uh, Americans without being teams, you know, that they are kind of very um, self-absorbed in, in a lot of ways. And it only takes one or two players like that to just disrupt the whole dynamic of the team and I think Europe's never really had that apart from maybe Savvy back in the day mm. but that was a slightly different proposition because he wasn't playing with the kind of players um, of his calibre whereas now everybody's on a pretty much a level really and certainly they can they can turn it on in a Ryder Cup even if they're rookies or or not supposedly the better players but yeah I mean the, the team dynamic always comes better through uh, with the Europeans, um, and when it has come through for the Americans, it's always been a bit volatile and a bit sort of nasty, like um, Hazeltine and, and places like that, where it kind of like they they sort of wrench their way over the line and sort of like with very sharp elbows, and uh, everybody's kind of piling in, and it's all a bit mad. But I think that the Europeans do 
tend to operate on a much more sort of a dignified level and they seem to like each other, the players, you know, they seem to get along and have a really good, great laugh. What's the most important aspect of the captain's job, would you say, Tim? I mean, obviously, he's got the wild card picks beyond those that, that automatically mm. qualify and, and they can be a bit out there sometimes, but generally, you know, there's the pool of players you know that they're going to come from. Um, so what are the other main tasks? Replacing I Ian Porter. Uh, yeah, that one be <laughs> easy. Up, yeah, exactly. Turn up the first day sober and uh, organised and <laughs> walk about with a clipboard and a walkie-talkie. <laughs> I mean, even the captains themselves say that, you know, once it's kind of going, they're just there to support and to sort of any, anybody need anything, they'll, they'll run and get it or one of, their, one of their staff will run and get it. But I think the players like to look up to the captain and, and see that that person's been there in, in the in the corridor of, uh, you know, of, of, of fear, which the Ryder Cup certainly can be. And, and it can be quite a terrifying and, and as well as an exhilarating experience. So Harrington's played six, won four Ryder Cups as a player, 10.5 points out of 25. That's a pretty decent record. And he's... he's um, I think he was the only one who won the his, his singles in the last uh, in the last one. But uh, no, I think they just got to basically have have empathy uh, and not try to hit anybody's shots for them. You know, let them do it. Put, pick the right uh, pairings a bit. But I think that a lot will come from the players themselves. The players will say, "Look, can I play with so and so?" I think that's what went wrong with uh, the Americans out yeah. in Paris when Patrick Reed was expecting to be with um, <clears throat> Jordan Spieth, and it didn't happen. Uh, and then suddenly the whole kit and caboodle kind of crashed around their feet, didn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a it, mess from their point of view. It's a long way off, isn't it? Um, so, you know, you're talking about 18 months until it until it happens, 18 months plus, really. So yeah, what's going to be the role now? Uh, what's he going to be doing? Is it, will it be a bit like sort of going to golf tournaments and stand there watching players like Gareth Southgate and then leaving 10 minutes before the end of the tournament to, to beat the traffic? <laughs> it's too early. You've got to go on form next. next. You've got to it's go true. He'll he'll play a lot of rounds with anybody that's kind of looking like they're going to get in there. Certainly the rookies. He'll play the first two rounds mm. of the tournament with them. They all seem to do that just to get a feel for what they're like. Because that's a pressure uh, situation. If you're on the fringes of the Ryder Cup team, you've never played in it before. How do you handle playing with the captain and you know not letting yourself down? And that that's a pressure all of its own. They can normally handle it, but I guess the, he he just wants to see the whites of their eyes, so they'll do that. Yeah, and I think it is very much like a football manager. You're just travelling around, watching, keeping an eye on players, speaking to the probably the key players you know who are going to be in the team, asking them what they've seen of the, of the sort of players that are, you know, uh, coming through. Um, we've had quite a lot of those in the last couple of Ryder Cups, so that's been. A, I think Darren Clark's role was quite difficult because they had what six or seven rookies for that one, hmm. where we lost in America. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be pretty much that. That's his job. I mean, it's not a bad job, is it, for two years travelling around the world. Golf tournaments with no real pressure until the last two months of it. <laughs> yeah, I, don't think, I don't think he'd be phased by being behind either. Because looking at his three major wins, he was behind going into the last round on every occasion, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and I think if, if the players, his team can draw anything from Padre Carrington, is that basically this guy has hauled himself over the line to overachieve massively. You know, he's not got the greatest golf swing by his own admission. He's a big tinkerer. He's a bit like Bryson DeChambeau, and the, you know, the, the golf scientist that is always trying new things out. We went to his house and said it he had like thousands wedges in his in his kind of man cave <laughs> wow. and, and putters and stuff. It's just absolutely mental. Um, so, but he's he, you know he's he's got such great um, uh, experience behind himself, and as a, as you say, 
he's a real fighter, and you've got to have that fight to win a Ryder Cup. And I think in the last Ryder Cup, we outfought the Americans, mm. outplayed them as well, and they, they didn't help themselves, but, you know, not really playing the course before it, it happened. I think what he'll do as well, he'll, he'll, he'll make a lot of trips to Whistling Straits, uh, and he will also make sure that, you know, all of his players get to play Whistling Straits. I mean, they probably most of them played it that are on the US tour, but, you know, I don't know what whether they'll change it much for the for the Ryder Cup, I, maybe they'll make the fairways a bit wider. But um, yeah, they get get the players to play it a few times because that that really messed the Americans. Only six of them played uh, the National um, before before they turned up to to play it, and um, you know they had narrow fairways, couldn't cope. You know, just didn't not didn't, they haven't got a plan B. That's their problem. Mm. And you know, you wonder if they pick a captain to play away. Um, because it is that little bit tougher, isn't it, going to the States and playing because of mm, all the, of the pressure you get from the crowd and, and and the different courses and stuff. So it's always a, a more of a kind of pressure environment than it would yeah. be in this country. I mean, if you look at Padraig Harrington when he's playing golf, he looks like he's, in, he's got tunnel vision even when he's on the, the practice range. He, mm. None of that stuff affects him. It's, it's really kind of uh, weird. He's just got this bulletproof sort of personality. As I say, big overachiever. He's won six times on the PGA Tour. He's obviously won the USPGA out there, so nothing there is going to is going to bother him. I think if you put someone like Monty in charge in America, it might have been a bit of a disaster. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Harrington, yeah, totally nailed on. And Harrington, and so was Darren Clark in a way, because you know the, the Americans kind of take to him. Yeah. Um, so that, that will sort of diffuse some of that stuff. Plus, they'll respect Harrington, the American crowd, and, and players and everything. So yeah, I think that's an it's a, it's a really good choice. Luke Donald or Lee Westwood were the other sort of contenders. I think Luke Donald's too young. I think Lee Westwood's going to probably be playing in it. Yeah. Might be anyway. Um, and he doesn't want to put himself forward yet, which I think is the right thing to do. Harrington's time, I guess. The one guy that probably is wondering if he's ever going to get a look in, or two actually, Sandy Lyle, I suppose his time's come and gone now, uh, mm. and, and Paul Laurie, you know, both major winners, um, and whether or not they'll get their chance one day. Good to talk to you, Tim. Thank, thanks very much. No worries. There we are, from golfpunkhq.com. This Tim Southwell on uh, the appointment of uh, Padraig Harrington mm. as the Ryder Cup captain for Whistling Straits in September 2020. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Do you remember when Beelzey used to be on this show? Jonathan Beals used to be on this show a lot. He's a real expert on uh, technology and computers. And, that. and he always used to go every year to um, the big tech show in Las Vegas. Yes. And it's on at the moment. Oh, yeah. And uh, some of the things they've come up with is a thing called uh, a welt. It's a leather smart belt that tells you off if you eat too much. It can tell. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? So what does it do? So it feels a bit of pressure on the belt. Yeah, it has sensors that can tell if your stomach is expanding, at which point it'll send you an alert to your phone telling you to cut down on your eating. What if you've just got wind? <laughs> well, you might just need burping. Well, that's also true, I yeah. suppose, yeah. And there's a, you, you know, this sort of coffee capsule system. You know, oh yeah, the, I'm with you. espresso type thing. Uh, well, there are other ones. I love the way you went. I love the way you went out your way not to mention a brand name. Well, no, no, and, it just and then explain, the brand. explain what it is. I mean, not mean, everybody I knows what that is. George Clooney's going to sue you. I won't worry too much. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm not, not wondering. I wasn't doing it for that reason. Armor. I was doing it because not everybody would know what an espresso is. You oh, might okay. recognise the. Oh, they capsules. do now. Well, they do now. Anyway, they've invented a beer version. Really? It's called homebrew, and uh, basically it allows you to brew your own pale ale, stouts, and pilsners with a little more than a push of a button. You're not brewing them, are you? You're drinking them. Well, the, no, the beer's not as instant as a morning coffee, however, with the machine taking two weeks to produce ten pints. Oh, okay. Alan will have one in the studio, won't he? Definitely. We'll have one sitting in the corner <laughs> somewhere. Be this more is the most of, bizarre story yeah. of the day for me, not strictly sport. This is exactly what it says. It turned up in the Metro newspaper. Mm. This is what it says, Andy. I'm not paraphrasing or anything. The hunt is on for Julia Gillick's old pet crocodile, right? Yeah, uh, who's Julia Gillick? Well, I don't know. Her, her family <laughs> right. gave Donald, which I take it is the crocodile, to Ex- Exmouth Zoo in the 60s, really? but lost track of him after it closed. Oh, yeah. Ms Gillick of Brighton says he may have changed sex, as crocs do, and is now living in Tenerife as Donna. <laughs> It's modern. It's a story for modern times, isn't it? But living it, maybe, <coughs> is it general gender neutral? Possibly running a bar somewhere. That's good. Imagine so. I don't know if Julia Gillick's ex crocodile is running a bar somewhere in Tenerife and <laughs> uh, uh, get me uh, get us two pints of uh, San Miguel. Make it snappy. Right. Not the first time I've heard that today. <laughs> don't do the snappy line, says uh, says Donna. Why she speaks like that? Sam Allardyce. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. So that's some, what a weird story that reason. was. Now, uh, of course, the TalkSport listeners, especially this time of the year, will probably put a bit of weight on over Christmas. You have. Christmas, oh, I yeah. have. I certainly have. And uh, you sort of get into exercise, don't you? So there's a lot of articles about exercise. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I've noticed about exercise, it's, been, it's getting, because we're so busy, we've got no time to do anything, it's been getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. So you've got sort of interval training and all this. Thing. The latest one I read this morning, this is it, the two-minute walk. Apparently, uh, clocking up 30 minutes a day of walking can be tricky. God knows why. I think you can. It's not that tricky. Mm. Just go for a walk. Uh, But walking for just two minutes every hour is just as beneficial. Having monitored the habits of 4,840 adults aged 40 I'll have a little walk around the studio. Come back. Come back. They found that the exercise doesn't need to be prolonged, but it has to be consistent. So you have to add two minutes of walking each hour in your working day. But what about your job? I suppose people who go and smoke yeah. two, two that's, minutes Yeah, it's off. not really doing them a favour, is it? I've made a two-minute walk down for me fag break. Where it's really not working, is it? Mean, yeah. I can't see that you, at all. You, you don't want to be cynical about it, but there are an awful lot, there seems to be an awful lot of celebrities out there who probably start piling on the pounds in about May, getting mm. larded up in May, being sent off to a beach somewhere in mm. Europe in June or July, 
pushing that, not wearing that belt that they've got in the trade show, pushing their stomachs out and looking a bit lardy. And then they make sure that um, photograph reaches the papers in July, <laughs> saying this celebrity X <laughs> is looking a bit porky. Look at the state of them. Yeah. And then come November, they've lost all that weight, hmm. and you have the before and after picture. And then they bring out, uh, they release a book or a DVD or <laughs> 50, 50 Ways I Lost My Summer Weight by well, a yeah. person on TOWIE. <laughs> That's very it's, true. It's great, isn't it? Everybody falls for it every year. We think, wow, isn't, what a fantastic transformation it is from that celebrity yeah, from, I haven't, I haven't from June. exercise tape or anything you, for, for, an hey. exercise tape well the tape an exercise record, <laughs> record. you might be going going viral <laughs> well, was, for that they, they go back a long way i've got some good news oh yeah uh, the beef eaters strike is off i didn't even know they were planning one <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay no beef eaters at uh, well obviously at the tower of london <laughs> oh those beef eaters. yeah 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 not the other ones no not the other ones not the ones um <laughs> but don't you think like the stewards we have at football I mean, it might be nice if we brought the beef eaters in now and again. What to be well, I mean, a bit of stewarding? Yeah, just because the uniform. I mean, those kind of, especially with the old, the old yellow vest. They're, they're, they're sort of scimitars. They've taken they? a far more sinister turn, haven't they? The the yellow uh, high vis. So in recent days, so <laughs> yes. I think it might be quite nice if if you go into the stadium, you've got beef eaters standing there. You know, find them another use apart from the Tower of London. I'd like to see them doing that. <laughs> what a great you? idea! It's a, it's a great look, isn't it? How many beef eaters are? There can't be that many. I don't think there's enough to do stewarding at. Well, Premier League football. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I'm not altogether serious about that idea. Now, also, the other thing you get at this time of the year is lots of articles on how to save your marriage. Because, you know, we all know that sort of after Christmas and everything, it's a heavy, you know, it's a difficult time for people's relationships. Especially with the amount of weight you've put on, Andy. I have. Yeah. But this one, apparently, there's a whole load of experts were giving advice out. And this one, I think, it was in the, it was in the sun this morning. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, have a kettle kiss every day. So, kettle? Yeah, this is uh, taking the time to share a deep, passionate snog with your partner every day can have a profound effect on how close and how attractive you are. So what you have to do, you make a pact for, for this year. At least once a day, while you boil the kettle for a cuppa, you'll spend those moments fully focused on kissing. Yeah. My wife would think I'd gone mad if I did that. <laughs> We got one of them hot water taps. <laughs> That's no good. That's no good, is it? <laughs> no good at all. I haven't even got a kettle. That's hopeless. Yeah. And uh, Jamil Matt, who uh, scored the opening goal for uh, yeah. Newport. That's right. It's a great name, isn't it, for a striker? Matt. Matt Finish. Oh, yeah. It's got to be the headlines. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Was it? I didn't know. No, yeah, okay. Yeah, what, what were you going to say about him? Oh, is that it? <laughs> That's it. No, it just, it just struck me. What a great name for a striker. Yeah. And talking of striker, there's no, now, no, excuse me, <laughs> there's now no actual football in striker, the uh, cartoon strip. That used to be one of my favourite things uh, of all things that I liked. I used to love striker. They've, they've done away with the football there's aspect. There's no football of... in it. Forget the World League, Pete. Forget it. <laughs> Today, some blokes being forced into crocodile-infested waters. What's that got to do with football? So it's a bit like Roy of the Rovers not having any matches in it, not building up That's to it. match day. How it's, well would Roy of the Rovers the politics done of been, football? There'd been no football. Yeah, a comic strip about the uh, intricate politics of football. Yeah, you need to take notice of me, will you? I've, yeah. I've been banging on about this, but it's not, it's not happening. A sporting letter today to the um, Telegraph mm. from David Williams, who lives in uh, South Africa. Um, he said, uh, is there a good reason why golf buggies all over the world, it seems, are left-hand drive? I didn't even know they were. Uh, yeah, they are. I thought it's in the middle, isn't it? No, no, no. They're, they're, mainly, I, I suppose it's because um, 
Most of them are made in the States, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. So that would probably be it. What a brilliant letter that's led to such an interesting (laughs) discourse. Well, not that interesting. Well, ask Bob Bubka. If we're going to put a call into Bob Bubka, he may not know. He probably won't. uh, Anyway, that was uh, just this guy's observation in the paper today. I was reading about uh, the Harlequins' young fly half, Marcus Smith. He's the top-paid teenager in rugby union. The top um, paid? Yeah, top okay, paid. Yeah, he's yeah. also a top prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and he might make the World Cup. So he's an interesting character. But he's on 230 grand a year. And I thought, blimey, that's a lot of money. And then I suddenly thought, God, it's not really, is it, compared to football? Like well, not two... compared to football, is no, it? No, no, but it's, it's still we're, a talking lot of about, money. we're talking about two sports. We're not talking about. Okay. We're talking like, you know, things that you can compare to sports. And, you know, when you read that, you think, oh, well, that is good money. But then, you know, footballers. Football's on a different planet, though, isn't it? it really, is in terms planet. of pay at the very top level. So you can't really, there's not very many sports that can live with it, I wouldn't think. No, I don't think so. Probably not. Anything else? <sighs> Rita Ora's moved into the Beckham Street. Has she really? Yeah, she's like kind of not quite neighbours, but sort of nearby. So Great. Well, that's, plenty that's of stories, tremendous it? news. Well, it makes the reporter's life easy, isn't it? If you're going to go and doorstep them, you can do two for the price of one, really. Uh, you were telling me we we're going to talk about the checker trade. Uh, in, I've, got, I've got news of beef eaters first. Oh, yeah. James Barry Jr. says, Please tell Andy there are 52 beef eaters who live inside the grounds of the tower. No, not enough for stewarding. Well, we could do. Well, they could. We could do one game. I think if, <laughs> they could maybe do some a championship match somewhere. <laughs> okay. But it, wouldn't it look good? Don't oh, you think it'd fantastic. be a cut above, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. we got the London Stadium now. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd suggest that maybe Karen Brady suggested that the, the stewarding at uh, at West Ham was done by beef eaters. But I, I, ultimately, if I did, I guess we'd end up paying for it. I'd bring in the Swiss guards. They've got a nice uniform. Yeah, the, the Swiss. Po- that, yeah, you, that's a nice idea. Yeah, let's liven up stewarding. Who should be doing it? People dressed as uh, lollipop men and ladies. It's boring. It's just those yellow. They don't say they've become more sinister, those yellow. Producer didn't tab- like that idea. They didn't like that idea. Um, to Very opportune. Let's break right now yeah. as you were getting off to break. another flight. He should do it like a wrestling referee, shouldn't he? Break. <laughs> yeah. Talksport.com, text mm. 1889, tweet TSH and J. We're going to liven up the stewards' outfits. It could be one for, um, you know, one of these sort of fashion shows, couldn't it? Well, it could be a, a Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen situation. We need to, or no, one for Gok. Gok's got to zhuzh up the look of stewards at football matches. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. In recent days, we've decided the yellow tabard is out. So what's in, girlfriend, for the steward at your football club? He doesn't speak like that, does he? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. And uh, we chatted yesterday to Andy Brassel about this bizarre story uh, featuring uh, Frank Ribery, mm. Bayern Munich player who'd uh, gone off to uh, Dubai, gone for a meal with a number of his teammates and uh, had been given f- gratis uh, basically a, a £1,000 sterling steak which was covered in gold leaf mm. and he had his picture taken with it um, and put it out on social media and got a lot of stick for it basically sort of for flaunting his yeah, uh, it's a wealth. nice close up of it. Look at lovely that. close up Andy it's like show me. foil isn't it that you cook it yeah. in foil. it's a very old look but uh, <laughs> and he answered the fans and the club got involved and it all got out of hand but we thought that was just a kind of isolated case in a steakhouse but um, uh, the, the restaurateur and Turkish butcher uh, a guy called Salt Bay um, is the man behind it and he's a, a bit of a star over in Dubai there were pictures recently of Messi and uh, Paul Pogba 
They were in his restaurant. Mm. Robert Lewandowski, we've got pictures of him there. Danny Welbeck used uh, that sprinkling of salt that he does mm. as a goal celebration. And even over in uh, Major League Baseball, one or two players have been doing it as and well. And in the NFL. Bit of a sort of sign of opulence, is it really? You've got enough to go out and spend a grand on a steak. <laughs> Ridiculous. Maybe that's the whole point of it. But um, the one that was covered in gold leaf did seem very, very odd from a food point well, of view. He's just put a, a picture of it on Instagram. He said, my friend, it's done gold steak. This steak has a new name now, Rebury Steak. Everybody it's, knows it. You can't say this oh, steak's a bit Rebury. Frank Rebury's laughing and applauding after all that. Really? Yeah, brilliant. Anyway, What's the steak like, Rebury? <laughs> yeah, well, we better send it back then. <laughs> Neil Davey is a, uh, a food critic and joins us now. Hiya, Neil. Hi. So are you aware of this man's work? He's got, I think he has restaurants in different places, but his big one is in Dubai, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's, um, he's become, basically he's just a bit of an internet sensation that kind of uh, sort of took off. He has this, um, that, that kind of strange seasoning move, um, which is, I don't know, like a dying crane. It's kind of, it's kind of karate kid meat seasoning, I think. Mm. Um, and that became kind of an internet sensation. And then he's very cleverly spun that into a um, series of restaurants and, and a career of uh, selling really expensive steaks to people with too much money, by the looks of it. Because <laughs> there is a fashion, I've noticed this now, for very expensive steaks that look like brontos or they to put this, keep this long Like, like a bone. Flintstone steak. Yeah, like a Flintstone steak. It's not enough now just to be a big steak. You've got to have this long bone with it. Yeah, the, uh, the tomahawk. Yeah. Ah, um, okay. And it is it is basically it's a bone and ribeye with with an extra bit of bone as as far as I can tell. So it's it seems an awful lot of money to spend for an extra five six inches of bone. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's what true. about the gold leaf though, Neil? Because it, it's a it's an odd thing that it, it, you know it's used a lot in cooking, but it doesn't taste of anything, does it? I've never tried it not, myself, but not at all. It's, uh, it's purely decorative. Mm. Um, I mean, in this instance, I mean, do you buy? Abu Dhabi, etc., very famous for a kind of ostentation. Um, seen a couple of examples myself out there of people ordering um, tins of caviar that cost £19,000 on the menu and eating four spoonfuls. Good lord. Well, right. Just so they could leave the rest. I'd um, sprinkle it around like that, like a salt bay does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd bathe in it at £19,000, maybe. I'd still be wearing it behind my ears. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty decorative thing. Um, but it, it, it kind of fits with kind of the ostentation of, of Dubai very, very well. Hey, have um, you been to any of his restaurants, Neil? I haven't. He's supposed to be it's been rumoured that he'll be opening in London. Right. Um, so in Kensington, funnily enough. Ah, OK. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, well, go figure. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> make, make of that what you will, people of Kensington. Um, it was talked about last year. It's, it's still being touted for this year. I think it probably will happen. He has a place in New York, um, as far as I can tell, it's pure novelty value. Although in New York, there was some speculation with his, his habit of fondling steak while he cuts it um, was actually a flaunting city health regulation. So um, there's, there's a possibility things might backfire on him in London a bit as well. He does like to sort of pull it about a bit, doesn't he? He does. He's quite elaborate. He comes out, I suppose for a grand, you'd expect that. Mm. Sort of, you know, dancers <laughs> as well. But he comes out and he cuts it and then he sort of pushes it over with a knife and a sort of... With yeah, his hand. But sort of, I've just seen a video method. of Frank Rebury with him, and uh, he let Frank do the sorting. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he paid all that money. He didn't even sort his own meat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't over-sort it, do you? Yeah. yeah. And I kind of think, you know, this thing of the, uh, the state 
Freebury, I think it just means like, like can't spell ribeye. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. It's a very I good was point. expecting a yeah, if you, that's true. If you haven't got your glasses on and it doesn't come out and it's a ribeye, you, you probably will be a little to bit To be annoyed. fair to the lad, it, it, the meat looks absolutely incredible. I, I, be, to be fair to the lad, I'll make it a bit more football. <laughs> well, to be fair to the lad, you know, you can't uh, get 110% <laughs> no, in the um, kitchen. Yeah. No, it's, no, it does. Uh, it's, it's effectively piece of steak it's it's beautifully evenly cooked yeah and then covered in something that doesn't taste of anything no that seems pointless though. do you get do you, for a grand do you get chips with it or chips extra <laughs> i i would hope so yeah, yeah. Individ, individually wrapped in yeah. gold presumably yeah. i'd expect at least a dozen gold chips in some kind of jenga like <laughs> construction wouldn't you for that really but presumably i mean there are i don't know this i mean i imagine there are no cows in in dubai <laughs> am i am i right or wrong i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 there's not a lot of farming <laughs> no i didn't think there would be so i'd imagine yeah. this meat is imported from somewhere goodness Absolutely. knows where yeah where so where would it, where Argen, he worked in Argentina? It's quite an interesting story. Oh, he worked in Argentina. He was uh, he was born in Turkey to a Kurdish family. So his father was a mine worker. Uh, they didn't have much money in the family. Became a butcher's apprentice, and then uh, went on his travels. Worked for nothing in the states, in Argentina, and and all around the world. To learn how to be a, a, a cook in a restaurant. You so. worked in a butcher's. You could have been I you. I could have been Salt Bay, couldn't I? Yeah. yeah you have, if I spent less time having sheep's eye races uh, down the wall, uh, the tiled walls, I might have made a few quid doing this. Um, yeah. Uh, it's interesting, though, because I know there's a lot of interest in steak, because I know we, we probably shouldn't name the person, but you're working on a, a book, aren't you, for a, for a um, restaurant at the moment? Yes, indeed. Who yes, specialises in steak. Yeah. Yeah, there's still a lot of interest in, and I think, and particularly with veganuary and such like, farming methods are kind of under question quite a lot at the moment, which is a good discussion to be having. Um, but again, well sourced beef, well cooked, the thing of beauty. Yeah, um, I think so. So uh, wait, I, imagine, I imagine he'll do quite well in his Kensington restaurant. There'll be enough footballers, won't there? I would imagine wanting to go along there. And uh, having exactly. a bit of a gold leaf steak, chips and beans. But, and it, it is purely, yeah. So it's internet meme that's um, kind of sort of just taken on a whole new new life, really. What about that? And unfair play to the guy mm. say, for, for, for spinning it to something way beyond his natural life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're all correct. You've got to use the social media in that way. You work, certainly work have. for him. Brilliant. Well, Neil, uh, good to talk Neil, to you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining Pleasure. us. There we are. So uh, there's Neil mm. Davy there, the uh, food critic. It's uh, it's one of Alan's favourite uh, steak places. I'll give you that hint. Oh, okay, right. Mm. Are you go? Uh, would do you think we'd, you'd go along with this place? Would you, Andy, uh, for your gold leaf steak? I wouldn't. Seems going to pay a grand for a steak. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's true. You have to wait. Frank Rubrick can take you there. <laughs> You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. And where do you get gold leaf from? I don't know where you pick it up from the uh, gold leaf center. I don't know where where'd you go and buy <laughs> it from? It it's a good site. point. I've never seen it. Mm. They sell it in Tesco's or anything, do they? <laughs> Waitrose so. might. Oh, yeah, they might. They do. might do, might they? Harrods or <laughs> Audi, they've got a sort of you know, you're Aldi got a gold, a gold leaf plate. section, <laughs> yeah, they've got gold plate, gold leaf, yeah. Okay, uh, that's us. We're back uh, tomorrow. Have a fine evening. Thanks for downloading us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.